We now come to the point in our worship where we open our Bibles and read a passage of Scripture and then hear the explanation of it. So if you turn with me to 1 Timothy 2, page 1816 in your pew Bibles, you turn to your Bibles and turn to page 1816. We'll read that together. One thousand eight hundred sixteen. This is a call, brothers and sisters in Christ, to pray for all people that they may come to a knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. First Timothy two, verses one through seven, page eighteen sixteen. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, that is, all people, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good. And acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher, writes the Apostle Paul, And an apostle, I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. If you just look again at verse 5 and 6, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, in this passage, we learn so much about Jesus. And the two main things that we want to understand this evening, because they're so important to the Christian faith, They're so important to the salvation of all people. Is who is Jesus? And what did he do for sinners like you and me? Who is Jesus? He's our mediator. You see that word in verse 5? There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's The one mediator between God and man. Second, what did Jesus do for sinners? He gave his life, verse 6, a ransom for all. Ransom. Two important words from two very different categories of discussion. Mediator 
ransom. But in Jesus Christ, those two become one. He's our mediator. He gave himself as a ransom for all. Let's look at the question of what does it mean that Jesus is our one mediator? When you look at the word mediator, that means there's an argument. There's a dispute. There's a quarrel. There's a fight going on. There's a conflict between two people or two sides or two parties. Maybe you know a little bit about mediators in a labor dispute. You ever been through a labor dispute where the management wants one thing and the employees, the laborers want another thing and they can't agree? Maybe the management wants a wage freeze. To be competitive in the global market, we need a wage freeze. Well, the laborers say, to pay our bills and to maintain our standard of living, we need a wage increase. And they talk and they negotiate and they can't come together and they're finally so far apart that they need to appoint a mediator or a mediation team that will represent both sides. Well, when we talk about Jesus being our mediator, we're talking about a dispute that's far bigger between labor and management in a company. We're talking about a dispute between God Almighty, the holy, good, loving, perfect God, and people, the human race, men, that's what it's saying here. There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Well, what's the fight going on? What's the dispute between God and men? Did God do something wrong? That we're having an argument with him? Was he unfair or unjust? That we have to take him to task? Of course not. God is absolutely holy and never says or does or thinks or feels anything wrong. Well, why is there a dispute that needs a mediator between God and men? The problem is on our side, brothers and sisters. God made us good in the beginning. He made us holy. He made us righteous. And then in our first parents, Adam and Eve, we decided we don't think God is good. We don't want him. We want to do our own thing and then we'll be free. And so the whole human race fell into sin. We turned our backs on God, our creator. And we said yes to Satan and sin. And we said we want sin instead. That's the better life. What blasphemy against our God. We have committed in our first parents, Adam and Eve. What an insult against God's goodness and kindness. And now God has a dispute with us. We committed the sin. We have the problem. We have become God's enemies. God said to Adam and Eve, if you sin against me, my goodness, my greatness, 
you will die. And that doesn't just mean the body falling over. That means body and soul, you will suffer eternal punishment in the fires of hell. That's quite a dispute. We are, all of us, whether we're Ahmadiyya or Christian, whatever our background, whether we grew up in the church or not, we are in deep, deep trouble with God. And if there was ever a dispute that needed a mediator, brothers and sisters, it's the dispute between God and mankind, fallen, sinful mankind. Oh, we might think, I'm not that bad. I'm not that sinful. Well, maybe I haven't taken a gun and shot anybody. But if you could catch a videotape or a recording of my heart and mind, I have shot so many people. And worse, I have lusted after so many people and destroyed so many people's lives. And suddenly you realize when you look at sin in the deep picture, the depths of my mind and heart and my feelings... My words I've spoken, my actions, oh, I need a mediator. I am in trouble with God. We need a mediator between God and men. On the one hand, we have a pure and holy God who demands absolute perfection. No mistakes even. We have a holy God who demands complete payment for every little sin, even the smallest sin, because he's holy and he can't accept any unholiness. He's pure. He will not compromise. He must have full justice. So that's the demand on God's side. Complete holiness and complete punishment for all unholiness, every little sin and mistake. On man's side, we need to make a payment to God for our sins. We need to give Him complete righteousness, complete obedience, and we need to give Him eternal punishment of body and soul. And if we can pay that to Him, everything will be okay. But we must pay. Yet we can't. So we pray, God, forgive us. But how does that happen? We need God to forgive us. But sin must be paid for. God doesn't just sweep it under the carpet or throw it behind his back and pretend it isn't there. I'll just be nice. He's holy. Every sin must be paid for. Otherwise, he's not holy. And if he's not holy, he's not God. So not only do I need to come up with a perfect payment from my side, the human side, not only do I need God to forgive the debt that I owe Him because I can't pay it, I need somebody to pay the payment in my place. A mediator. I need somebody to offer God perfect justice on my behalf. 
I need someone who will give God the perfect righteousness that I don't have. Who here is perfect? Who here has never made any mistakes? Who here has never had an evil feeling? I need somebody to offer God perfect righteousness. And I need somebody to offer God perfect payment for all my unrighteousness. Well, there's only one who can take care of both sides. That's what a mediator does, right? Takes care of both sides. And that's Jesus Christ. Why is he the only one? Well, first of all, he's the only one our God has provided. There is no other bridge or mediator between God and men. There is no other way back to God. There is no other way to pay the debt and make things right than through the mediator he's appointed. But what makes Jesus specially qualified? Well, he is God. He's God's eternal son. And he sent, God sent down his son also to become a human being. Oh, you say, that's weird. It's a miracle. God does miracles. God sent His Son who was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. And a baby was born. We celebrate that on Christmas Day. Who is eternal God, the Son of God, and He's also fully one of us. So He can represent both sides. What a mediator. On the one hand, He can represent God's side. And offer God perfect righteousness. And offer God eternal payment for infinite sin. We can't do that. No person is infinite. And any time we try, we would just throw, add sin to our offering. So God would say, that's no good. But Jesus is God. And he's able to represent God's side. And he's able to offer God complete righteousness and complete payment for our sin. And he can take man's side. And he can suffer eternal punishment of body and soul. And that's what he did on the cross. He represented God's side. He represented our side. He paid for my sin on the cross. In his whole life on earth, his suffering, his obedience, and then that ended at the cross where he became a curse for me. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He went to hell for me. And there I know Jesus paid it all. He is my perfect mediator. It's all taken care of. And if I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that payment comes to me. And God looks at me. My name is Harry. Do you believe in Jesus? Then the payment that he made for you, I put that on your account. And Harry, you're all paid up. Isn't that good news? Why would God do that? He could have punished me and sent me to hell and been perfectly just in doing that. I deserve that. But in his love, he looked at us 
who were lost in our sin and we couldn't pay the bill, we couldn't make things right, we couldn't offer to God what he deserves and demands. And he said, I'll pay it for you, Harry. I'll come and pay it for you. Isn't that love? Amazing love. That he would send his beloved son, his eternal son, who's one with him, and offer him up. And Jesus would willingly offer up his life to glorify God and meet his requirements and to save me and meet what I need, meet all my needs. Wow, what a Savior. That moves us to the second important word, ransom. How did Jesus mediate in this dispute between a holy, almighty God and a sinful, hell-deserving sinner? Well, he paid the price. Usually when there's a mediator in a job dispute, the mediator has no skin in the game, right? He spends his hours from nine to four. He negotiates. He bargains. He tries to bring about a compromise. He tries to bring the two sides together. You need to give a little, he says to the management. You need to come this way. And then he says to the laborer, you need to give a little. You need to come this way. And we need to meet in the middle. But he doesn't offer himself. He goes to work at nine. He goes home at four. Puts up his feet at night and enjoys milk and cookies. And then he gets up in the morning and back to mediation. Not so with Jesus. What does the verse say in verse 6? He gave himself a ransom. He didn't pay with money. Because it doesn't take money to redeem a lost soul like me. It takes eternal punishment of body and soul. It takes Jesus giving up his life for me to pay the ransom. You know what a ransom is, right? In a hostage taking, somebody kidnaps your daughter, holds her hostage, says, you need to pay me $100 million, says to the parents, in order for her to be set free. Who's going to come up with $100 million? This is more like the language of slavery, though, not a hostage-taking. We're slaves to our sin and to the curse of God, to the judgment of God. How much does it take to rescue me from the judgment of God? To set me free? What sort of ransom payment will work? A hundred million dollars? No! You can't buy salvation. You can't buy a soul with silver or gold. You can't pay God off with money. He demands eternal life or eternal death. A life offered up in death. And that's what Jesus did. He said, 
I'll pay it with my own flesh and blood, my own body and soul. And that's the price he paid. Another beautiful thing. This mediation between God and sinners is not a result of compromise. You give a little, you give a little. You know when there's compromise, what happens in five years, the dispute comes up again. And it's back to the bargaining table. It's not over. It's never over. But with Jesus, there was no compromise. He fully took God's requirements upon his own life. Because God is uncompromisingly holy. He does not change. He is forever the same. He took it all. Whatever my Father, he says, you require, I want to honor you by taking it all. He took everything we needed from our side completely without compromise. So that the result is a ransom that is forever good. And there's no going back to the negotiating table. It's good five years from now. Ten years from now. It's good when you die. It's good in eternity. That's why when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God puts the payment he made on your account. You may know you are safe forever you have eternal peace God will never change his mind he will always love you he will always accept you oh he's not a heavenly father who spoils his children sometimes we go astray sometimes we move away from our father and say I want to do my own thing And then in his loving kindness, he will discipline us for our good and we will have to go through painful things. But as a Christian, that's not a punishment. Jesus took all the punishment. It's gone. The guilt, the shame is gone. Sometimes as our Heavenly Father, he puts us through hard things, sickness, distress, difficulties, persecution, just to make us stronger. Again, He's not punishing us. He's loving us and making us more like Him, making us more holy. It's not punishment, it's purification. Because Jesus paid the ransom in full. And when you trust in Him, you're God's forever. You're reconciled forever. Nobody can get in between. Ransom. It's a true story about a lawyer in New York, Samuel Untermeyer, in the late 1800s. He was very wealthy, and he and his wife were collectors of rare tapestries. And one time they heard about a very rare and expensive tapestry in Europe, so they agreed that his wife would take a ship, cross the Atlantic, go to Europe, find that tapestry, and see how much it costs. So she goes over, she finds it, it is beautiful. She sends a telegram to her husband. $25,000, should I buy? He sends back a telegram. No, comma, price too high. Well, in a few weeks she comes back home 
She's all excited, opens her suitcase and shows him the tapestry, the expensive tapestry that he bought, and he's horrified. I told you not to. What she said? You know what happened? The person delivering the telegram forgot the comma. Instead of, no, price too high, it's, no price too high. That's what God said to his son. I want to save my people from their sins. And there's no price too high. There's one God. And there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Who gave himself a ransom for all. That doesn't mean everybody will be saved. But it means there's one mediator and God wants all people to come to him that we might have our sins paid for and our disputes with God settled and we might make amends with God through Jesus, our representative and sacrifice and we might be right with God and he's calling us all today. Are you five years old? You need a mediator. Are you a man? You need a mediator. Are you a woman? You need a mediator. Are you a Christian? You need a mediator. Are you Amadea? You need a mediator. No matter what country language we're from, he is the only ransom for all people. There is no other way that God has provided for us to go back home to God and to be right with God and to live with Him forever in safety and peace and happiness and joy. Good news. Ransom to set you free. Free? To do whatever you want? Oh no. That's the world's view of freedom, not Jesus' view. The world's view of freedom is the right to do whatever you want and follow your feelings wherever they lead you. Does that ever set anybody free? No, it makes you miserable and it destroys you. That's not Jesus' kind of freedom. When he pays the ransom and sets you free, it's a freedom for God. That's what John says in the book of Revelation. Jesus all honor and praise belong to you, for you have ransomed us to God. Ransomed to God. For me, Jesus has paid what I owe God. I believed in him, and that payment was given to me. I'm set free from my guilt and my shame and God's punishment and anger, which I deserve. I'm set free to do what? Go on sinning? No way. I was set free from that. I am set free for what? For God. To love Him and serve Him. To follow Him become more like him isn't that the great life that God has given to us dear brothers and sisters 
Dear friends, there is only one God. And this God has provided only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. Will you turn in to him? Whatever direction your life is going right now, and all kinds of directions, will you turn in to him, Jesus? And in him, discover the only way back home to God. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, the one true God, we are shocked not only at your holiness, but at your love that when we had no way to pay the price and no way to get back to you, you came to us. You gave us your son to pay the price for us and to open the gate to heaven for us. You went through hell, Jesus, so we could go to heaven. These are awesome truths. It really happened. But we need your spirit, God, to open our hearts and minds to understand and embrace this in our own lives. Maybe we're members of the Salem Church and we're very young, or we're middle-aged, or maybe we're in our 70s and we've never accepted this. We're still at war with God. Change our hearts. Change our minds today. Bring us to your son. Maybe we're from another community. Bring us to Jesus today. Bring us to eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen.